What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going very well, Graham. Thanks for asking, as always. Oh, yeah. I appreciate your constant concern with my well-being. Well, there's that clause in our, my contract where I have to ask you how you're doing, so it gives you the permission to speak Oh, the rest sure, of the show. sure. Um, well, so I don't really have a choice. I got it. That's fair. Um, yeah, we can look into that contract if, we, if you want to. But I'm doing very well. It's nice to have you here. And I want to be paid market value. I'm like our Aussie Albies from now on. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, think, I think you get paid exactly what the market says you should right now, Graham. Um, so deal with that. Damn. So you, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worth nothing. As am I. Oh, okay. We're literally worthless. We're worthless. Yeah. Uh, nice to have you over about 5.30 in the afternoon, though. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Got sunshine. That's what happens when you wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning to do an international call at work. You don't have to work as long into the night. You know, Graham, a lot of people our age wake up a lot early, earlier than 8 a.m. Oh, I got up way earlier than 8 a.m. because I had to prepare for the meeting. Oh. But the the meeting started at 8, so. Regardless, good to have you here. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, let's jump into it, Adam. Lots of news all across the Atlanta sports spectrum, mostly concerning the Braves and the Falcons. Um, and I guess the United, too. They had a game over the weekend. They finally won. Yes, they did. First game of the year. First MLS game of the year. I got their first three points. Yeah, so that was uh, that was nice to see. Admittedly, did not watch a second of it because I was watching the Braves or I was talking to random people at your house on Saturday night. Well, in fairness, we did t- turn it on. And I was going to attempt to sit and watch it, but then I was like, oh, it's 2 nothing already. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're good. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's put the Braves back on. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, let's put the Braves back on the show, too. Ooh. So Braves are looking pretty good, Adam. Uh, nine and six. Tied for second in NL East with those bastard Phillies who have cooled off since their, their sweep of us, one would, one would argue. And the Mets sit in first place in the division at 10 and six. Looks like uh, they're a pretty formidable team. We split a four-game series over the weekend with them. Um, but overall, I think the Braves came away with a lot of positives from that series. Josh Donaldson has been really tearing the cover off the ball, hitting you know all his slashes, average on base, slugging her through the roof, hit his first two home runs in that series, one of which was a thunderbolt line drive off of Jacob deGrom on Sunday Night Baseball. A piss rocket, I believe I've heard it described. Piss rocket? Yeah, I like yeah. that better. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome, so it's really good to see him get going. And, you know, the thing was is he was still contributing. Still, he was still playing excellent defense, still getting on base, but he wasn't getting as many hits as we would like to, to see him get. Now that's starting to come together. The average is creeping up over 260. On base is going up. Slugging's going up. He's hitting doubles. He's going the opposite way. And I know one thing about Donaldson is when he was at his MVP level, he was a all-fields all, all hitter. And a lot of the time he was hitting home runs and doubles into the opposite field gap. Uh, he missed. He barely missed another home run against the Mets over the weekend too, and uh, when he got another, one of his many doubles over the weekend. So he's looking awesome. Uh, I was really happy with the way we dispatched of, of Degrom on Sunday night. Yeah, he. Um, Even though I know he's gotten off to a bit of a rough start this he year, has all these aces in the East uh, minus Julio Tehran really struggling. <laughs> You know, Degrom has been shitty. Well, not shitty, but Nola has been shitty. Nola has been shitty. He's yeah. got like a. Seven five ERA something yeah. like that. No, it's it's awful. I have him on my fantasy team. I I selected him as a keeper. Yeah, Yikes. not good so far. Yes, me. Um, yeah, you have a lot of Phillies on your team. It's a little disappointing, Graham. I do, but I also have Dansby. 
We'll have a sidebar about that. Okay. No one really cares about our fantasy sure. baseball team. Yeah, that's when you know you, you lost your audience. Right. <laughs> you start talking about that bullshit. Um, but yeah, DeGrom struggled. Syndergaard got shelled as well mm-hmm. in that game last night in the showdown between Nola and um, Syndergaard. And I love seeing that. And yeah. old steady Julio just out-dueling DeGrom on Sunday Night Baseball. That was crazy. He had a really good game. Um, I believe six strong innings. Yep. Uh, only gave up that one home run. Looked, looked awesome. Uh, it's weird because I was watching the game and he gave up that home run. I was like, God damn it, here we go. I think he's still giving up a home run in every start. But they're mostly solo homers, except in Colorado. Yeah, and once again, you don't take Colorado with a grain of salt, but it is a little screwy over there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been looking good. Um, one of the big pieces of news, other than we'll get into the Ozzy Albies talk in a minute, but I want to talk about Ozzy the player for a minute, is that he has been promoted to full-time leadoff man, which I think – Everyone collectively across Braves country can breathe a sigh of relief and feel like we're putting our team in the best position to win now by doing so. Yeah. Um, I mean, Edder kind of had his other opportunity, and he hasn't been doing it at all. That, that could be another conversation about the future of Ender on this team. Um, maybe still a little too early to talk about that right now. But right. I love seeing Ozzy in the one hole, uh, as we said last week, taking those walks cutting down on strikeouts, getting on base, and setting up the three big boppers behind him. Yeah, and one of the, the great things is his adjustments to right-handed pitching uh, continues to shine, hitting over 300, 400 on base percentage um, with seven walks to six strikeouts. <clears throat> so he's doing his his due diligence there, overall hitting uh, shade under 330, almost at a 400 on base percentage. Um, looking awesome, looking just really confident <clears throat> out there. He had a little bit of a, a scuffle there. Uh, in Colorado, but bounced back uh, at big time in, in the series against the Mets, particularly in those last couple games. Yeah, doing it with the bat and that glove that's always been steady is obviously still there. And, um, you know, Graham, I'd say he earned himself a new contract. Ooh. Wouldn't you? I would I would agree. And he did. Yeah. Seven years for $35 million. Um, <laughs> which a lot of people have been very upset about. Uh, and Adam can actually uh, account for that as he uh, was engulfed in a full-blown Twitter war, apparently also with some professional writer from CBS Sports. Yeah, this loser worked for, like, CBS Sports and had, like, 30,000 followers or something, and he he was really concerned about my opinion, um, which I didn't think was that hot of opinion. So for my side of things, I just got annoyed with... With the Acuna thing, with Acuna's contract and Albies, people are acting like the Braves are placing them in poverty. Like they're going to be struggling for the rest of their lives. Um, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. No, it's just the complete negativity. Like they're acting like, oh, this isn't a, it is a 20 year old kid that just got paid 35 guaranteed, 35 million guaranteed dollars when he's, played one full year in the majors and completely fell off uh, in the second half. Still had a great war overall. Yeah, I mean, I love Ozzy, but he hasn't proven himself fully yet. Um, And like a couple years ago, he just broke his elbow swinging the bat. So there is risk involved in all of this. And yeah, I think 35 million is probably a little low. Uh, given the number of years, but Ozzy wanted to do this. He had an agent in the room with him. 
Um, his best friend in the world just signed a long-term contract, and that comes into play. Um, and yeah, things are just going to change a little bit with the market, I think. And we, we saw that this offseason, and I think players are recognizing that and wanting to get their money now. Right, so they don't have to do the dance of uh, a free agency. And that's also another thing. I read a really interesting article with Max Scherzer talking about that and saying that, you know, he has respect for Bryce Harper going out and betting on himself to get that huge deal. But he also says it's a little bit problematic where the game is heading right now with these mega deals and teams are willing to do that, but also as a player. And he also says not a lot of players get that opportunity. Not every baseball player is going to go out and get a, you know, nine-figure deal you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for X amount of years. Yeah. And it's very rare for someone to do that. So when someone is able to do that, it is pretty incredible. Yeah, and you, you got to think like now, um, I mean, Bryce Harper might be different because I'm sure he had a huge signing bonus out of high school. Um, well, college is when you're junior college. But like now Ronald and Ozzy are making more in their younger years than um, like a Manny Machado was who just signed – that huge deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, invest that shit now. Right. <laughs> that gives them a more potential to make money off that now and puts the risk on the team now. Yeah, and I totally get where people are coming from in the sense of in his in his marketplace, right? I think the criticism levied towards you was, was related to you saying they're overpaid as athletes because that's just how the business is there. But right. to you, from where your standpoint... They're overpaid, but in the industry they're in, I think the point all these people were trying to make was is that they're underpaid. And while I can understand that, and people are saying, oh, they're taking advantage of this, that, and the third, I would also say that no one forced Acuna or Albies at gunpoint to sign these contracts. They willingly signed them. Yeah. No one forced them to do this. They wanted to be here. They love the organization. They love their teammates. They love the, the city and the fans. They all have said that in their in their uh, press conference. They both said that in their press conferences. So you can definitely make the argument that in terms of market value, Acuna and Albies are probably going to be worth, you know, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars more than what they're going to get yeah. over the course of these two contracts. But this is a cons- you know a deal that was consensual. It wasn't forced, and both players seem happy. And I think it's really funny that everyone who's bitched for years, decades, you know, since baseball has become, or all sports have become, you know, so, so inflated with these salaries that they pay their players about how, oh man, no one wants to play for the love of the game anymore right. and all that stuff. And now two kids actually come out and say they want to play for the love of the game and leaving money on the table is not a big deal because they, they're financially secure. And now everybody's going to shit all over the deals when everybody's been bitching about athletes making so much money for years here are two guys who are helping an organization out and now you're going to bitch about it's it like no we're, we're playing we get to play a game intended for children as our profession and make sure ourselves and our families are set for a very long time for life yeah it's a good deal for both yeah and uh yeah this whoever this cbs fellow was um was saying that i'm i clearly identify more with the owners than the players. Um, well, I don't think I come across as an owner type of guy. You are, you are an organization guy. I, I do support the organization, yes. Yeah. But, you know, it takes a lot to run an organization. Uh, not anybody can do that. Certainly Liberty Media can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're doing it. But, you know, they're employing 
hundreds of people, if not thousands, throughout the entire organization. Uh, you, you forget about that little aspect of it. And, yeah, it's a business. It has to make money. You're going to make deals to ensure that you and your stockholders make money. Sorry. Yeah. And and that, you know, that is definitely... Yeah, and that's and that's definitely fair. And I think, though, that people are, are citing this deal as, like, this is going to be another example of... of of uh, not an example. This is going to be sort of a uh, catalyst towards a baseball strike, where now people are going to cite this deal as like one of the worst deals ever, and that owners are taking advantage of players, and that blah 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 blah. And I could see, you know, yeah, ownership is going to make more money because they're not going to pay Ozzy probably what he is worth. But I don't know. Hopefully, now the you know mythical financial flexibility comes into play, and we can actually, you know, put pieces around these guys. Because if we don't then, it, you know, what, what was it worth? Well, we have a lot of pieces right now. We do have a lot of pieces right now, but we need more. <clears throat> and I want to I see us, you know, utilize our financial flexibility, as it's been coined, to, you know, put pieces around uh, this team that will push us to a championship level. And that's not to say that maybe, you know, that we aren't right now. I don't think we are, but you could argue that we are. But I think if we don't do that, then these two contracts are, are whatever. And it's the same with Freddie Freeman. You know, if we don't, put a team around Freddie, and I think we're building towards that, but if we don't give us a chance to really win a championship, then all of these contracts are worthless from a fan standpoint because it was like, well, what was the point if we weren't going to surround these guys with top-tier talent to support them? Um, so we'll see what Liberty Media does from there. But I'm, I'm fine. I mean, as a fan, I love this. And maybe Ozzy did get underpaid, but whatever. You know, he wanted to do it, and I think that's what it comes down to. If he was forced to do it and – I would. I don't know. That would that never ever be a thing. And bad deals go both ways. Yeah. You know, like I'd say the BJ Upton deal is one of the worst deals ever. Yeah. So okay, here here's two where it worked out for the team. Well, I'm sure I can pick out thirty over the last couple of years that have just been absolutely brutal um, on the player side. Like sure. good for the player. So mm-hmm. I mean, and it was great for BJ Upton. Yeah. Hell, I'd love to hit one seventy two with eight home runs and make. What, $15, 16000000 million a year? He changed his name to Melvin, and now he's back to BJ, and he's still getting paid by us. No. Our, our, our deal with him is done. Well, you don't think he's still getting paid by the Padres? No, because his deal ran through, I think, 2017 or 18, so. Well, just barely. He, I think he still changed his name back to BJ. He did change his name back to BJ. Checks. That part you got right. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. But yeah, Twitter's a weird place, man. Um, felt I, a lot of pressure that got going really yeah, hard. Yeah, I even chimed in from the Atlanta's own Twitter just to shit on you, just to make you look worse. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's very supportive of you. <laughs> but hopefully one of those losers that was tweeting at me is listening now. And, uh, you know, that maybe they see it's kind of hard to fully convey your opinion in a little tweet, especially yep. when people have an agenda already, and they there's no way in hell they're going to change their mind on their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a weird place. My main point was that you're getting worked up over an athlete getting paid millions of dollars. Like, is that really where you want to put your energy? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It works for me because I grab and I need some content sometimes. So this helps us out. Sure. So maybe it is where I want to put my energy. I don't know. I think you need to just go around and, uh, Start talking about how everyone's ever paid that is makes more money than you, and just screaming at the heavens. And uh, I wasn't so, relating it, it to myself. Okay, 
I was just relating it to, yes, I think we would all want to be an athlete getting paid millions of dollars. Am I wrong there? No. That's what I thought. I feel like most sports fans, anyways. Yeah. As at one point in their lives dreamed of playing a sport they love professionally. Exactly. So, bugger off, everybody. I think that wraps up today's episode of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So let's talk a little bit more. Uh, Acuna, amazing week. Hit over 500, three homers, a triple, a double. Uh, National League Player of the Week. It was a hell of a week for him, and uh, the kid is on fire now. I mean, both him and Donaldson, we saw this coming. Like, yeah. They were both killing the ball, just hitting it right at people, and... Yeah, it turned in a big way for both of them yeah. this past week. It's like I said last week. Like, Cunha's batting average of balls in play is 125. That, that's going to fucking change. Yeah. That, that was not sustainable in the best way possible. Sure. Uh, Acuna was just magnificent, magnificent over the last week. Let's hope that continues. Uh, some <clears throat> injury concerns have arisen. Uh, Vizcaino, Rodis Vizcaino got put on the disabled list with more shoulder issues. Had looked decent so far this year, but his velocity was down. He threw a pin session, or he was warming up in the bullpen on Saturday, and, and something happened there, and he just wasn't feeling it. And so Snedker and the organization made the decision to put him on the disabled list. Johnny Venters has been dreadful, has been absolutely awful. Um, yeah, they put him down with a, I'm using air quotes here, calf injury. Yeah, a calf strain or something like that. Which means you've been miserable. Right. And we need to find an excuse. Yeah, so those guys are, are down. Uh, Jacob Webb, who we saw a little bit last year, is back up. Hey, who the hell is that guy? Uh, he pitched a little bit last year. I don't know much about him. It wasn't like a sustained uh, major league appearance. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he was with us for months and months. And then Shane Carl got called up today as well. So And Winkler's back up. And Winkler's back up. I don't think up. he's pitched yet, though, has he? I don't think so. Um, so, what, and now Mentor is, is the closer. So what do you think about where a bullpen is now based off these injuries or whatever, guys being shuffled in and out either due to injury or lack of performance? Um, we're piecework it together right now, Graham. Mm. There's still a few semi-reliable arms down there. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to have to score runs until we get some sort of stability here. Uh, Which the offense is doing a great job of. Yeah. But, I mean, we're already seeing – the shuffle of pitchers take place as Newcomb got sent down. Yeah, Newcomb got sent down which as was, well. I like to see that because if you're not going to perform, there's too much competition around here. Oh, yeah. He's, he was awful. And I think especially when Tukey came in and pitched for him on that Saturday night game after he gave up four runs, after we put a four spot up on the board, he gave up four runs. Um, seeing Tukey go out there and throw seven innings of, of no earned run baseball, he gave up one earned Earned, unearned run, excuse me, he gave it one earned, unearned run in his last inning of work. You know, without Tukey, we're lost in that game. And yeah. Tukey, at that point, I mean, he looked electric. His curveball, beautiful fastball, was moving like crazy. I mean, I think once Tukey did that, it was bye-bye Sean Newcomb yeah. for now. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much proved it. Um, and Brian Jordan on 92-9 the game was um, – Kind of getting on Sean Newcomb because he not only I mean the whole walk things one issue but also his attitude mm. and he didn't feel like Newcomb felt enough remorse for the way he pitched and letting down his team and teammates after they had just scored all those runs. Yeah, that's and like the cardinal he, sin of, of a he, pitcher. He just right? seemed apathetic about the whole thing. Right, then maybe he needs to really 
maybe hopefully this is a wake-up call for him. He's yeah. got all the right stuff. It's just – and he's had a couple of decent starts this year. But, man, he when he unravels, he, he unravels. Someone just needs to yell at him, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's work a, on those sweat glands as well. It's Yeah. He is, he is a, a profusive sweater. And – but I'm I'm really excited to see Tukey make a start this this week. I think he's starting Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember, but um, I'm really excited to see that. I thought he looked amazing. He said when he was in Gwinnett, he really worked on his fastball command, which is what bit him a lot in the the spring. I mean, he still struck out a lot of guys in spring training, but by the end of it, he had an eight two one ERA, and that's just not sustainable in the big leagues. And uh, he went down, worked on some things, and now he's back and looks incredible. And I think that's very encouraging. And especially, you know, pitching against a team that has done well offensively this year and is the best team in the division. I mean, I know, well, I use that very that term very loosely, but right now they're the best team in the division. Record-wise. Record-wise, and you went out there and shut their offense down. Yeah. Especially if they put up a four spot against a guy who you thought was going to be a fixture in the, in the rotation. Right. Yeah, that, that was the definition of clutch there. Um, but then just breaking out a couple hours ago was that uh, Fulte is going to make another rehab start. Yeah, he got he got banged around a little bit in his last rehab start. Gave up three or four runs. Didn't look that great. So there's a chance we see Soroka Thursday. Yeah, Soroka could come up. I know he's he's banging at the door. So it's going to get to the point where I don't know what the Braves are going to do with the rotation in the sense of if they're going to do a six-man or if Soroka's just going to come up and just pitch once. Or yeah. it, It's a lot of things up in the air, and we have to see how these young guys perform, Like especially with Tukey, right? Is he going to be able to go out there and once again continue to pitch as well as he did against the Mets on Saturday night? I don't know, but um, if he – I mean, good God, his stuff is so freaking good. So, Graham, let me ask you a question. Do you think that – because it's definitely going to add – so much more pressure to each start that these guys make. Sure. If you see, like, I mean, Newcomb, bad start, you're out of here, next guy up. Um, but, I mean, are they going to have to feel like they're going to they have to just be perfect? And then could that affect their confidence, getting going back to Kunet and getting called back up and just the constant roller coaster instead of the consistency that starting pitchers tend to need? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Braves handle it. You could look at it one way and say – yeah, if you don't do that well in a cup, I would at least give Tukey, based off that performance and what he did for the team, at least three or four starts to say, what you got? Like, if he has a bad start this week, I wouldn't say immediately, you know, kick him out of the rotation. I mean, that's just, it's a killer for confidence. And it, and it's very much like, how can you, how can you get into a rhythm at all if that's what your life is like? You got to give these guys some time. And Newcomb, to me, especially going back to last year, has had enough time to prove himself. And he can, Continues to disappoint, so I think it makes sense. They gave him a long leash. Tukey's right. probably going to be on a shorter leash. Soroka's definitely going to be on a shorter leash. But I think you've got to give those guys at least three or four starts to see what you're working with. Um, if you don't, then you're setting a dangerous precedent, I think, for everybody, and that could be bad for morale, and uh, that could really get into your head when you're trying to go out there and do your job. Sure. I mean, I'd, I'd like to eventually establish one of these guys that we can put in the pen to uh, and that help has us to, out down there. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm not averse to that. I think everybody wants Tukey to go to the pen, but I think he's got such good stuff that it would be a waste to put him in the pen. I mean, I think he's a guy that can pitch seven innings. You know, when he when he really matures and becomes like, you know, I think he is a, a rotation pitcher. I think Soroka is like that too. I mean, these guys have amazing stuff. We've seen it before at this level. I want those guys as fixtures in the rotation really badly. Like, I think I think they got it. But at the same time, sometimes you got to fill a need. And right now the bullpen is ailing. And you might need one of those guys to go fill a need there. So could that be Sean Newcomb? 
Maybe. They can figure out, well, the walks aren't great. That's the best problem, right? When you when you only have one inning, usually, or two innings, if, if you're willing to go that way. Or but the, the manager's willing to make you go that long, throwing, but, you know, having a bunch of walks is not conducive to that. But this is an issue across Major League Baseball. I, I saw today where the Braves actually had the best bullpen. Um, in the division. In the division, yeah. From an ERA standpoint, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's everybody's getting banged around. I mean, you look at these National League East games. I mean, they're they're slugouts. Yeah. Braves game was 11-7 to on Saturday. 7-3 to Sunday night. You had the Nationals and Phillies 8-6 to yesterday or whenever that was over the weekend. I mean, these are some high-scoring games so far this year. It's going to be a fun-ass uh, – Pennant race. Yeah, and the, and one thing I really like too is that everybody's kind of come off the Phillies being this juggernaut. I mean, they still need to be respected, but I don't think any one team right now has the clear advantage in the four team race. Like, and I really like that, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it how it shakes out. But I think the Braves' offense has just been outstanding. I mean, if you look at across the board here, uh, sixth in all of baseball and average second in all of baseball and on base percentage, eighth in slugging, third in on base plus slugging percentage. So, I mean, we are doing damage, and it's really refreshing to see that our lineup is to be feared right now. And you wonder about Marcakis. At least I do a little bit. I wonder about Dansby. What do you wonder about Marcakis? I just don't want him to fall off a cliff again. He's getting, a, he's getting another, he's getting another off day tonight. off tonight, yeah. and I think that's working great. And he hit his first two bombs of the year. Yeah, he smoked that ball on Saturday night off the off the chop house. Uh, that was impressive. So the offense is humming. Interesting conversation I heard the other day was about Ender. And if he doesn't get this figured out, um, at what point is his defense so much more valuable than plugging in a better bat? So whether that's... Uh, Camargo playing full-time and left because we know Ronald can do it in center. And then you also do have the veteran presence of Culberson that can play left. Uh, Matt Joyce that you can fill in out there. Or maybe Kristen Pache is ready by the All-Star break. And maybe you can find a team that we can get a little bullpen help for Ender. Which is almost inconceivable to think of. I mean, in terms of where Ender was, uh, even... Last year when he had that really strong second half, right? He was indispensable, especially right. as a defender. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's a good question. I mean, Ender is like an automatic out right now. He's gone from everyday leadoff man to platoon leadoff man to now hitting eighth again. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and we're only two, two, three weeks into the season. On that Sunday, I think that was Sunday night when he just – Struck out with the bases loaded, taking on a fastball right down the middle. Yeah, he's in his head right now. What did Michael Joseph say to us when we were nine-year-old kids, Graham, our uh, third base coach who liked to yell at us a lot? Yeah, I don't fucking do that. Yeah. <laughs> swing the bat. If there's anything. Go down, swing it. Yeah. If there's anything that you uh, don't do, it's it's you don't take the third strike. Yes. Especially when it's like right down uh, Cumberland Boulevard. Yeah, I feel it's wrong to say, but now that we're in Cobb County, yeah, Ender has been Cumberland Boulevard. <laughs> Jesus, Umber- <laughs> Umberland. Ender is, uh, yeah, he looks lost to the plate right now, hitting under two hundred at one sixty seven. He's uh, definitely lost a lot of playing time because of this. I don't think it's just because of uh, the lefty, you know, platoon thing. I think it's also just that he is a detriment as a hitter right now. But in terms of how long do you wait? Um, I don't give up. I don't give up. His defense is incredible, and you want to keep that out there. But you you better continue to hit him at the bottom of the order. 
and hopefully he can figure something out. I mean, this guy has enough experience in the league to this point where I would think that he can put it together. But, um, you know, we saw last year the prolonged struggles, and he's historically been not very good in the first half of, of, of the season. So I don't know. It is getting to a point, though, where you're like, man, we're doing just fine without him. We're still playing stellar defense. So that, that thought has to enter your mind at this point. I don't think you have to make a decision on it yet. But I think you've got to put a uh, sort of uh, a drop dead date and say, if Inter doesn't improve by X date, what is our plan? Yeah, I mean, and we do have options, and also continue to keep your eyes on Austin Riley in AAA. Uh, I think he's gotten off to a pretty slow start with the bat, but um, I actually don't. I was just going to lie and say I'm assuming they're still working on him, him into left field, but I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with the my my boy Duvall's hitting about 290 down there. I don't want him. Ooh, he might be back, Graham. No. I, like, he, honestly, I would rather have Ender for his defense than Duvall at all. But Duvall on the bench. No. To strike out? Can we talk about a guy who strikes out looking? Camargo full-time and left. I don't know. I'm not willing to make that call yet. I, I like the way that Camargo extends our bench and that he can play in multiple positions on the field. Because the thing is, if you put Camargo in every day, you lose the ability to give – guys uh, days off as much as you're doing right now. Like with Dansby got a day off Sunday night. Marquez is getting a day off today. Camargo is so valuable and, and such an X factor in that in that regard that he can play outstanding defense. He can come up with a clutch hit. He's the ultimate utility man. And I think if you like we need Ender to do well so that our bench is yeah. as good as it is today. Yeah. So hopefully he figures his shit out. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of anything else brace related um brian mccann he's supposed to be back tomorrow so that's good news that's great news alex to hear. jackson has been alex jackson has been he, struggling at the plate yeah he, he hasn't really killed you defensively but um his yeah he, he is not a good hitter at this point in his career not good at all yeah it'll be good to have b mac and flowers back flowers has been outstanding again yeah, he's like, like I, 400 I've, I've learned not to doubt the guy yeah like I said, the you doubt him every offseason. No, no, the previous Actually, show. Yeah, you're, you're right. I was like, I'm not even going to say anything. Yeah. Like, I know he's going to do what he does. Yeah, he's hitting 420. So, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, to be hitting 420 close to April 20th, that's pretty good. Yeah, solid stuff. I just love where the offense is at, man. I mean, there's just a lot of confidence in this team. Like, last year when it felt, you know, when we were performing well, especially in the first half of the year, it felt like everyone was really excited on the team about it. Like it was like, holy shit! I can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. This year, it's more like we expect this to happen. Right. We are in control of our destiny. Let's go murder the pitcher out there. But they're and, s- still having fun with it. They're still having fun with it. But there's a there's a greater sense of confidence this year that mm-hmm. I think is really palpable. Nice. And and I love seeing that from the team. Like when someone when we score eleven runs, it's like, yeah, okay, big deal. We kick Jake De, uh, Jacob Degrom's ass. Okay, pretty standard. Yeah. Like yeah. we, it's kind of like this team expects to do that, and right. I love seeing that. So I think we've uh, exhausted the Braves for this segment. So Adam, let's uh, let's move to your favorite subject, the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. What do you got for me this week, Graham? Pull up talk all here. <laughs> so we made two more depth signings. We signed uh, offensive tackle John Wetzel. To a one-year deal, he comes from one of the worst offensive lines in the league in Arizona. He's only played, I think, 24 games over the last three years. Um, he's a tackle. 
you know, we brought back Chris Odom, who was a defensive lineman, undrafted defensive lineman from the who we had in the 2017 preseason, um, who actually showed out pretty well in uh, in his time in the preseason. But we we cut him and then we released him to, and then Green Bay picked him up, and then he was part of your favorite league, Adam, this year, the AAF. Mm. Um, so he's back as a depth <laughs> piece. So. Okay. Thomas is signing a bunch of guys who are probably not going to contribute that much to fill holes from a depth perspective on both sides of the line in the trenches, which makes me think, and this is pure speculation on my part, but makes me think he's going to trade up for a corner or <laughs> um, no, or somebody that's not going to be on the line. Wrong. Either line. You, I thought you... You went a completely different. Are you serious right now? That's what I think he's going to do. Because a lot of people have been speculating that Thomas is going to draft a corner. Jokingly, nope. I've heard a lot of people saying Christian Wilkins and Oliver. That's great. I would love that, but that was like a week ago. Now we keep signing these guys off the street. You like you made your, a great point, and then you just flip flopped it. Depth pieces. You have to have bodies on the practice squad. As second and third stringers, sure. These signings mean nothing. Okay, like it, it's not even well, worth you know, talking you about. You know, there's no chance in hell that we're drafting an offensive lineman, especially with the two guys we signed a, a few weeks ago. Pretty confident we take a D, a D tackle in the f- first round. I think we're going to trade up for some, either a monster D tackle, or some corner or somebody. Like we have nine picks, and I think that Thomas is going to. Now that he's been making all these depth signings, I think he's going to make a big move. He's going to trade up. These depth signings are just because a football team needs depth. It's not just that, Adam. We, we signed those two guys for the offensive line a few weeks ago who are going to play, who signed like four- and five-year deals. Those guys are going to be fixtures on the line, whether we like it or not, until they suck enough that we cut them or they, they exceed expectations somehow. I still think we take D-tack on the first round and somebody on the line, offensive line in the second round. I will bet you 10 bucks. That we do not take an offensive lineman in the second round. No, I bet you give me odds bucks. on that. Okay, give you two to one odds. Sure. All right. <laughs> what, if we to... ta- what if we take one in the first round? I lose. Yeah. The handshake is made. It was that's, specifically the second round. That's horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's 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 what's going on with the Falcons. Um, <laughs> it's just more depth signings, and then I do like. And appreciate the fact that we can do a like four minute Falcon segment and still get in an argument. Oh yeah, you got to four minutes. The draft is coming up, Adam. In fact, it's right around the corner. It's next week on Thursday. So on April twenty fifth. So we'll we'll know sooner or later what the hell is going on here. Yep. Um, not much else to report on the Falcons, really. I think a lot of the guys reported into uh, Flowery Branch for off season workouts. So. That's nice to see. No uh, Grady Jarrett, no no Grady, no Julio. Julio, of course. Um, so, yep. And I'm not even going to get into that conversation again because that was really one of the first times I think since we started doing the show that we we bought into the we're going to bitch about off season contract negotiations that really have no effect on anything. Yeah, and I, we're not taking that bait again. Nope. That's more for the people that do this for a living and need to uh, get upset and make much ado about nothing. 
to rile people up, and we don't need to do that. Just to get people to read something. Right, or listen to something. Right. And we got to be better than that, Adam, as, a, as an independent, long-form uh, entertainment show. Well, we talk about what we want to. Yeah, exactly. And Although we did. I didn't want to talk about those stupid depth signings. Well, I just figured you just got to report it as it's news. But that other shit last year, there was no news going on. It was just people the bitching Julio at Julio. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like there was any movement. It was just like, why isn't this done? Bitch, bitch, bitch. Right, right. Yeah, we don't need to do that. I can't believe you would throw such disrespect towards John Wetzel and Chris Odom. You, they, they, you didn't want to talk about them at all? All right. Nope. See how it is. Next. Uh, United wins. As we mentioned at the start of the show, we don't really know what happened, although we won two to nothing. So, hooray. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it there. Uh, <laughs> after they weeks. They play against Sunday at four. Yeah. After weeks of uh, trying to talk about the United. I thought we actually really tried last week. Um, nothing this week. Like, I could try because I listened to, like, ten minutes of a podcast. But I'd really just be regurgitating what they said and maybe piss some people off. I don't know. Yeah, sure. You don't want to do that. That being said. (laughs) You're going to say a couple of things. We were forced to play faster last week against New England because New England plays a lot faster. They spread it out like we used to do under Tata. Under unlike this slow, let the game come to you, Frank DeBoer shit. And that's why we played so well. So that's the only reason we won? Yes. Okay. But that just showed other teams, don't play like that against us, because we will beat you like that. So we're only going to win one game this year? Well, they're, we're going to have to play this well, slow Frank DeBoer shit. Right. So unless we play New England, I think we'll play them probably a few more times, I would imagine. We'll win the games against them, but... Well, unless they teams. adjust and play differently against right. us. Right. Which is entirely possible. Yep. Great. And cut. <laughs> Fantastic. No Hawks news, really, Adam. As we get closer to the uh, the lottery in May. And that's really it. It's just going to be strictly Braves and, and draft stuff, I think, from here on out with the sprinkling of United when we choose to watch a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we talk about what we want to talk about. Right. Thank God the legends are gone. Oh, no. That was a struggle to try to care about that, man. Like the lacrosse playoffs for this week? Lacrosse playoffs? What, the Georgia Swarm? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Imagine if we tried to talk about that. That'd be awful. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We haven't, you know, we have a professional Ultimate Frisbee team as well. Oh, really? Yeah. We should try to join that as opposed to talking about it. Carl Eckwurzel plays on it. Oh, shit. Well, if he plays on it, got to interview him. (laughs) We can interview him. What's the name of the, the Frisbee team? Let me guess the, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a good it's name. It's like the Slingers or something Slingers. Like yeah. It's, at least that's more uh, appropriate than the Stripers. A little bit. Like, what the hell is a Striper? It's a fish. Oh. <laughs> Based out of Georgia. Oh, well, okay. Specifically what? Gwinnett County. So... Well, I suppose that wraps up this episode of Atlanta Zone. <laughs> Until next time, rise up, chop on, stand brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.